Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 125, Overcoming Overwhelm. I planned this topic a while ago. I think it's been two months ago. And the week that I'm recording this is a week where I'm experiencing a fair amount of overwhelm, which I find really fascinating that I planned this topic and here I am experiencing overwhelm. We all have a lot of competing priorities and responsibilities and things that we want to get done, things we think we need to get done, things we think we should get done. And sometimes all of these things converge to really create a lot of overwhelm in our life. And then you add grief on top of that. And then that just compounds it. It really does compound it. What, uh, what that looks like for me right now is I live an amazing life. I, I really, really enjoy the life that I live now. I really have been conscious and intentional about the way that I plan my week, the way that I plan my months, the way that I plan my life, the things that I want to be involved in, the things that I don't want to be involved in. But my personality, I tend to really enjoy a lot of things, a lot of different things. I have a lot of interests. I, um, I really enjoy people. Things are opening up now again more since everything shut down from the pandemic. And I'm finding more and more opportunities to be with people. And, and some of those are opportunities with family and friends to just get together and have lunch or go to dinner or spend some time talking. And some of those things are the meetings that have been on Zoom or additional opportunities that we have now to be together. I mean, this, this past week alone, I'm trying to think of how many live meetings I've gone to. I think it's three or four live meetings that I've gone to. And those haven't all looked the same. Some of them were with smaller groups where there was less restrictions. I went to a women's conference this last week that was put on by the chamber that I have a leadership role in. And we had a, we had this women's conference and it was in a large conference space with a stage and we had three speakers and it was a lovely event, but the venue required that we each have our own six foot table, which then was also spaced about four feet apart from each other. So we had about 10 feet apart from each other. So there was 50 some odd of us in the room itself in this large room that would normally hold, I don't know, you know, a couple hundred people pretty easily. And that's with round tables. But, you know, there was 50 of us in the room. And then we had an additional uh, 70, 75 people that were online. And I imagine that next year we will all be in the same room together and we were all behind masks, which made it hard for me to recognize the people that I know and love. And I was surprised at how many people I didn't know. I mean, it's been a year 
since we've had a gathering. In fact, the very last time that they met together as a live group, this, this women in business group, I spoke at the event the last week before everything shut down. I think we had in that particular event, it was a luncheon and there were about 50 people there. And then this particular event was a annual conference. So it was a little larger gathering, but really different. Everything is really different and everything is just constantly changing. And so that requires us to all change and adjust. And I'm finding that for myself as well. I, I love serving in my community. I love getting to know the people in my community. And so I do serve on a couple of boards and I am in leadership of a, the best way to describe it is this like a business mastermind group that, that meets every couple of weeks. And, and that's a really fun group that, that I'm getting to know now that we are in person again, because we, we formed that group four months before everything shut down. So it looked really different for a while and we were getting to know each other over Zoom and the group kind of stalled a little bit because of Zoom and, you know, just just all the changes that we're all going through because of just the circumstances in in our world. But I enjoy that. I have family, I have friends that I love getting together with. And of course, my first love is doing what I'm doing right now. And that's being right here in my business, supporting those that are going through hard times because I've gone through so many hard times in my life. And I'm, it feels so amazing to have such peace around past hurts and past pain. Because when we are carrying the hurt and the pain from our losses and our experiences, that takes up room in our being. It takes up room in our heart. It takes up space in our brain. And then when we add the everyday demands of life, why that easily creates overwhelm, easily creates overwhelm. You know, a lot of people lost their job. Maybe, maybe you lost your job this past year. And so you're sitting at home and your brain is consumed with What's next? How, how to pay the bills? What does that look like? Or, or you've experienced a, a death in the family. And so your brain is consumed with the, with the circ, with the actual specifics of what happened. We really become very concerned with the, with the very specific things that happened that led up to the death of our daughter, our son, our brother, our sister, our parent, those are consuming thoughts, consuming thoughts and the sadness and the, the loneliness of missing the person that we love. And if you think about the amount of space that that takes up in your heart and your brain, then when you add whatever work that you have to do, whether that's taking care of a family, making meals, getting kids off to school, taking care of responsibilities at work. When you go to work with grief on your brain, it's hard to concentrate, isn't it? That's probably one of the number one aspects of grief is the confusion that comes along with it, the lack of concentration, 
the lack of ability to use our full functioning brain. So when I was in grief, I experienced that too. A lot of confusion, a lot of distraction. My brain was just constantly distracted with, with what happened and how I was going to cope. It's just a constant concern is what it's going to look like. And then when you have those constant, the continual triggers of events or things people say or places that you see that trigger your brain to go back to that place, to that space, to that memory, that just brings in a whole nother level of overwhelm because our brain becomes overloaded with that information. It's, it's so easy in our world to be, to feel overwhelmed because we always feel like there's more than we can do. Do you feel that way? There's always more that you can do. And when you're in early grief, this was my experience too. In early grief, I didn't pay too much attention to all the outside things. I wasn't too concerned about all the outside things. I let everybody just kind of come in and handle that as much as possible. And with each of my grief experiences, it was a little different. It was, it was really different because when I went through my divorce, that's a, that's a grief that comes on slowly. There's a lot of anticipatory grief because you know that the relationship is not, is not working. And then there's the, the grief of what's going to happen and the anticipation of that, that split up that looks like it's imminent, which it was for me. And then it's, it's a slow process. So people aren't, as readily to come to our aid because they don't recognize the need for aid. And then we just, we kind of drift into, it's, it's like a U-shaped graph where our energy just continues to sink into grief and it stays in that grief place until we start to move forward and move through the pain of that loss and and so we're functioning at this level with these low vibrational emotions which makes it feel heavy so the number one thing that creates overwhelm is our emotions and grief is a specific emotion or event loss is a specific event that creates a lot of emotion that creates a lot of overwhelm a lot of overload the second thing that happens is just tasks and activities. And that's where I find myself a lot of times is that I do tend, I'm a joiner. I like to, I like to be with people, like to meet people. And I like to be involved in a lot of activities. It keeps me energized. A lot of activity keeps me energized. And sometimes those commitments sometimes they just all converge at the same time. Like we make a commitment to a certain group and then that group is having a, well, right now I'm the 
committee chair for a gala, a community gala, which we're planning on 400 people being there. And of course that is in flux because we don't know what the venue will allow us to do. But at this point, there's 400 people planned for this event and it's happening in June. It happens that that gala is happening and I have a family reunion in June as well. So, so we have certain commitments and then sometimes those commitments take more or less out of us, right? So in general, my commitment to, to the chamber is low level. I might spend an hour to three hours a month on those responsibilities in general. But then when there's a special event like this, then all of a sudden that's ramped up and I'll probably spend 15 to 20 hours um, in the next couple of months helping with that event. And, and so our commitments sometimes converge. We've all had this experience, haven't we? And it's usually the same week that our kid comes home and says, Hey, I have this big project for school and I need this poster board and, and I need to, you know, create this, this big diorama or whatever it is. And it's the same week that we've committed to an event or, or some other thing at work. And so our commitments, sometimes our activities, our tasks converge, like it ramps up to where a lot of things are happening at one time. If we can just breathe through that, then we can get to the other side of it. Another thing that causes overwhelm is a lot of input. And I'm talking about information. We live in the information age. We have information literally at our fingertips. All we have to do is pick up our phone. And for a person like me who is a researcher, this can become a problem for me if I don't manage it well. It's a choice. I can, when I think about something, I want to pick up my phone. I want to research it. I want to learn more about it. I want to understand it. So it's owning our choices. It's, it's recognizing that information is a lot of input and it can create more overwhelm. I want you to think of yourself as a container. If you took a piece of paper and you drew yourself like the silhouette of your being on a piece of paper, First, add the emotions, like to what point in that container of your being is your emotions taking up? Is it all the way up to your midsection? Is it all the way up to your neck? Is it over your head? When you recognize how much room your emotions are taking up, then you see how much room is left for the tasks and the activities and the information. So when our emotions are overloaded, when our emotions are taking over a lot of our being, and this, this is what I help people with is to, to manage that emotional overload so that they can manage their life, so that they can start to offload some of those emotions, some of those, um, the painful experiences, the, the pain of the experience. We can't change what happened but we can change the way we think about it. We can change the way we feel about it. We can, and, and that if you're in the middle of grief right now, that may not make any sense at all. But I, I want you to just do this activity where you create this, this outline 
And then I don't want you to spend a lot of time thinking about it, but take a crayon, take a colored pencil or take a pen or, or just a pencil in general and draw that line or color that in. At what level do you feel like your emotions are filling your being? We all have emotions. Emotions is a part of who we are, but in our everyday life where we're, we're not dealing with grief specifically, our emotions might fill a fifth of us or a quarter of us. We are emotional beings and it's a part of who we are, but it doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm us. It doesn't overload us. It's just a part of our experience. And if we're paying attention to our emotions, they can be a beautiful part of our experience and helping us understand where we are and where we're going. If you understand where your emotional limit is, then you see how much space you have for your tasks and your information. If your emotions are super high, you want to really be limiting the input of information. You don't want to spend every night watching the news. You don't want to spend all day long watching what's going on with current events because it's going to fill your being further and it's going to become overwhelming that much quicker. Same thing with your tasks and activities. You got to slow down and lessen your commitments. During grief, I would never ever take on the commitments that I have right now. I would just not do it. I would look at what was a priority taking care of myself, taking care of my family became a high priority for me in grief. All the additional things, doing community things, even coaching other people or showing up like I do right here on the podcast. No, that's not something that I would do in grief because it's, it's too much. Again, look at that silhouette and see that there's, you know, how much room there is. We don't want to fill our space, whether that's with emotions or tasks or information to overflowing. We don't want to be so filled that it's covering our throat so that we can't speak. We don't want it to cover our mouth so that we can't express ourselves. We don't want it to cover our heart and our brain so that we're so consumed and overwhelmed. Grief is overwhelming all alone. And then life comes at us super fast. But overwhelm can also be a thought error. A thought error in that we might be coming from a place of perfectionism. Like everything has to look and be perfect. That can create overwhelm. It might come from a thought error of putting pressure on ourselves and, and feeling like we have to show up a certain way. If, if we've, when you've experienced a loss, if you're going through a divorce, if you've lost your job, if you're going through a health crisis, if you're experiencing the death of a loved one, that is not the time to put pressure on yourself to do additional things. And, and, and 
Number three is expectations. And, and all these three things, perfectionism, pressure, expectations, these three things are, are very similar to each other. They're, they're nuanced. They're very much nuanced. But again, it's the expectation. It's what sometimes we call unrealistic expectations. But just looking overall at the expectations that we're putting on ourselves and saying, is this fair? Am I being fair with myself by having this level of perfectionism or this level of pressure or this level of expectations? We have a lot of thoughts and feelings that we get to pay attention to. We get to pay attention to. And the first thing is to pay attention to it. The second thing is to understand it. And then we get to manage it. So how do we overcome overwhelm? And I just want to suggest three little things. Because when I work with people personally, we look at these things very, very specifically because each client that I work, work with is very unique. They have unique challenges. They have unique belief systems. They have unique losses. They have uh, unique grief experiences and uh, the dynamics of their week to week are very different. Some people work full time. Some people work part time. Some people don't work, but have family demands everybody's situation is very different. So I'm going to just give you some general, general places to get started with overcoming overwhelm. And the first is slowing it all down. And this sounds crazy because when I'm in overwhelm, like the first thing that my brain doesn't want to do is slow down. (laughs) It doesn't want to slow down because in my brain, my brain is saying, no, you got to go faster. You got to go faster. You got to get it all done. (laughs) And, and that's not helping. We have to slow it down. And one of the ways we can slow it down is just with a couple of deep breaths. And maybe it's five minutes of breathing deeply, which allows our brain some space. It actually affects our nervous system when we breathe deeply. The other thing that helps us to do that is to write it down. Write everything down to sort it out. I did this three or four weeks ago with my coach. I was in overwhelm. I was seeing all these different places where I needed to put my effort, where I needed to put my focus. And, and she really helped me to kind of list out everything and to create some priorities around those things. And then the third thing is to make some decisions. And sometimes these are hard decisions. But the very first priority is for us to take care of ourselves. And if we're not getting enough sleep, that can send us into overwhelm super quickly. And if we're not getting enough space to to take care of ourselves, to eat our meals with peace, to, to connect with family. If those simple priorities are not happening, then overwhelm is our next step. Those are simple priorities that we need to, to take care of. 
So just to recap, do a little assessment. Draw a silhouette of a person. It's as simple as drawing a stick figure and then putting a rounded figure around that so that you have a silhouette. And then charting on that silhouette your emotional level. At what level are you holding on to emotions? Are you consumed with grief? Then two, three, and four are going to be super important that you manage. Okay, so we've got the silhouette. We're looking at these four things. We're looking at emotions. Number two, tasks and activities. What are your commitments? Number three, information input. And number four, thought errors. Okay. And then to start the process of overcoming overwhelm, three things to just start the process. One is slowing it all down. Two is writing it down. And three is making some decisions. This is what I do each week as I work with clients. I'm just amazed. I love coaching. I know you guys hear about this all the time, but this is what I do. And this is my passion. I am amazed every week at the incredible results that come out of coaching with my clients. This week alone, one made a really important decision. One discovered an underlying belief that was literally taking away one-sixth of her year. One learned how to take on a new role that's important for the safety of her family. One let go of some pain and found more joy. That's all this past week. And that's just a handful of results that I saw this week in coaching. It's really remarkable because each person, you are unique you are unique with your likes and and dislikes. You're unique with your grief experiences. You're unique with your challenges. And I think that's the beauty of it all. I have developed an exclusive coaching program with a workbook and step-by-step instructions and straightforward information that accompanies our work together. But then when we make the work, when we work together, we work together with the uniqueness. We discuss and we work through the specific challenges that you are dealing with. And I'd love to work with you. This work is important. It's important to your life. It's important to your future. And I am excited to bring it to you. So I hope you'll schedule your free call today. It's 45 minutes All you need to do is to bring to the call is just what your current experiences are and where you're struggling and just share a little bit about where you're struggling and we'll just go from there. And it's super, super easy. It really is. So go to build a life after loss backslash talk, T-A-L-K, and you can schedule your free call there. I am so looking forward to meeting you and getting to know you and to bring the magic of coaching into your life. Remember, I believe in you. Have a fabulous week. I love you. Bye.